Welcome to Something About Grace. My name is Leland Smith. This message is about moving from worry to trust. I like the description that Joyce Meyer gives about worry. She says that worry is like a rocking chair. It's always in motion, but it never gets you anywhere. Isn't that clever? All right, but let's take a look at the definition of worry according to Webster's. It says to afflict oneself with mental distress or agitation and to subject oneself to it persistently. According to this, it's obvious that we're doing it to ourselves and the devil just sits back and watches while we do it. And I can tell you from experience, the result is torment. So what causes worry and how can we overcome it? In this fast-paced world, we have a lot on our plates, and worry seems to be one of the servings. I think one of the main reasons for worry is because we haven't been taught that God can be trusted. And I believe this happens as a result of being hurt by others in our past, so we don't trust anyone, including God. Because of those experiences, we learn how to protect ourselves by becoming independent, relying only on ourselves, and we stay away from anything that resembles a threat. We end up making choices out of fear of what will happen if we make the wrong choices. Now that I would describe as torment. Talk about a vicious cycle. The reality of life is that choices are unavoidable, but we need to have confidence that no matter what choice we make, even if it's the wrong one, God has our back. Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean, in other words, depend, on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all your ways, and He will make your paths straight. In thinking about it, you know, it just really amazes me how much emotional pain that will endure, and how long we'll endure it because of the fear to trust. And it is fear, believe me. It paralyzes us to the point where we can't grow in a relationship with God or others. What we need to realize is that Satan's goal is to convince us that God can't be trusted. And that's what he's used all the way back to Adam and Eve. His role in this is to remind us of our past experiences, which brings back the doubt and fear, and again, it paralyzes us. And it's very subtle because he's mastered it and too many times we fall for it. Lack of trust leads us to believe that we need to solve all of our own problems. Many Christians have battled with this even though they love God and have gone to church their whole lives. In fact, about five years ago, God showed me that I needed to overcome my lack of trust because of the impact it would have in my relationship with Him. Since then, I've seen over and over times when I've had opportunities to learn to trust and failed miserably. But the good news is that I am making progress, but I have to remind myself that it takes time and that God still loves me. I use a statement that basically summarizes a Bible verse that says, I am a finished product in progress. And that helps me because God sees things as finished. And on the cross, Jesus said it was. So to summarize, this part of the message, if we're making our own decisions because we're afraid to trust God, we will definitely have a lot to worry about. All right, let's move on. How do we overcome worry? First of all, Jesus tells us point blank that it does us absolutely no good. 
So let's start there and then keep that statement in mind as we pursue the answer. This is what Jesus says about worry in Luke 12, verse 25 through 26. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Of course not. And if worry can't do little things like that, what's the use of worrying over bigger things? So again, what he's saying is it does us absolutely no good to worry, period. All right, another part of this process is to humble ourselves before God and admit that we are at the end of ourselves and need his help. 1 Peter 5, verses 6 through 7 says, Therefore, humble yourselves before the mighty hand of God, that in due time he may exalt you, casting all your cares once and for all upon him, for he cares for you. We probably don't see it right away, but after depending on ourselves for so long, pride becomes an issue. So that's why we need to humble ourselves. But don't see this as a demeaning act or feel guilty about something you probably weren't aware of, because it's just an honest confession to a God who loves and cares for you. God promises us in this verse that in due time, he will exalt us. So we need to put aside anything that causes us to exalt ourselves. And notice it says in due time. So it will require patience and you must decide ahead of time to be satisfied with God's timing. As far as trust is concerned, how do you learn it? Trust comes by spending time with someone to get to know him or her, and time is the requirement. In the same way, if you don't spend time with God, you will never know him well enough to trust him. If you're not sure what I mean by spending time with him, it's simply getting quiet before him, reading the Bible, praying, and listen for his voice deep in your heart. Now, keep in mind there is no prescribed formula for this because it varies for everyone. But you will find that you enjoy that time and you won't want to miss it. Now that you know spending time with him is important, this next part will help you build trust. And I really like this. I think this is cool. Start paying attention to the times that God comes through and proves that he is looking out for you. That's called evidence. Then remind yourself in difficult situations of the evidence you've seen that proves he can be trusted. And it's also a good idea to write these things down in a journal. And don't be shy from looking for those times because now it's not a sign that you don't trust him. It's a sign that you're looking for evidence to build more trust in him. This will grow your relationship with him exponentially. And the last thing that I want to stress, and I think you'll be surprised, is this. If you think that you don't know how to meditate, you're absolutely wrong. Because when you worry, you're meditating. So you're already an expert. You're just meditating on the wrong things. So obviously, the next step is finding the right things to meditate on. So the goal here is to replace destructive thinking with constructive thinking. In the Bible, this is known as renewing the mind, and this is huge. Meditating on the Word of God will give you permanent results. Now it's just a matter of shifting your thought life, which will change your course from here on out. So instead of telling yourself there are so many things to worry about, shift your thought to this. There are so many things I can now trust God with, and I choose to give all of them to Him. And make sure that you say it out loud because that interrupts your negative thoughts. 
And then remember, again, when worry creeps up, immediately speak to the worry and say, Jesus said that worry does me absolutely no good, so I refuse it. And that's a simple and effective way to head it off. If you're not familiar with verses in the Bible that will help you, get started today. And the internet is a great resource. Just say something like, show me verses from the Bible about trusting God, and you will have plenty to choose from. And then ask the Holy Spirit to help you with understanding and making the adjustments that need to be made. The Bible says that just one word from God can change your life. So don't be overwhelmed by how many verses that you come up with. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of ease. So just ease into it with him. Also, because you've depended on yourself for so long, the temptation to rely on yourself will still be there. So be aware of that. But once you've made this shift in your thinking, you will be on your way to a life that Jesus says will be a life of peace that passes all understanding. Something occurred to me in this part of the message that I hadn't realized before. One of the things that the Bible says in Proverbs, it's chapter 4, verse 7, it says, And in all you're getting, get understanding. And we all know how important understanding is. But peace does not require understanding because you will be at rest in him. Wow. Meditate on that thought. I want to end this with an encouraging Bible verse that tells us how these changes are possible. And it's really the only way it can happen. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who is at work within you, giving you the will, in other words, the desire to do what pleases him, and the power to achieve his purpose. In other words, if you allow him, he will do what needs to be done in you to fulfill his plan, and his plan includes you. But know that he will not force you. But I want to encourage you to take a chance and experience how awesome it is to have a relationship with a God that loves us so dearly. In closing, I would like to make a request. If you know others who struggle with these issues, please share this message with them. Most of my messages are from my own experiences and battles, and I hope that these can minister to others. You've been listening to Something About Grace, and my name is Leland Smith.